is Righteous Jesse, and you're listening to Wrestling Fucking Cheers, where everybody knows your motherfucking name! Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same You want to go where everybody knows your name You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same You want to go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers where Everybody knows your name, especially when you're number one. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio, independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview with Jaden Newman. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email, if you so choose, a desire, Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at Whatamaneuver. Like I said, this is an interview with Jaden Newman. Now, that might not be a name that's very familiar with a lot of you, especially we do talk about so much in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene, but Jaden's not from Northeast Ohio. He's never wrestled in Northeast Ohio, technically, but we have him on the line right now. Jaden, how's it going? It's going good, man. And let me tell you, I loved that introduction into your podcast. What was it you just said? You said uh, everyone knows who you are. When you're number one. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What a fitting introduction for your guest. Dude, like uh, I told you before we started recording at uh, the end of 2018, and we did Southern Underground Pro Month here. Hell, even afterwards, uh, when I came down for I Am King, I did an interview with Cabana Man Dan. I did an interview with O'Shea Edwards, and like I love Southern Underground Pro. And you were on like the short end of the like my list cut off of people I wanted on, but I've always I've always wanted to find the time to get you on. A lot of times it's just trying to get the uh, right fitting, and I do love doing I love doing interviews in person, like I did with O'Shea and like I did with Cabana Man Dan, and that's kind of what I wanted with you. Uh, unfortunately, with everything going on, I've had to do a lot more over Skype, had a lot more to like fill my time, and I, I felt like this was like the perfect time to bring you on and technically you've never wrestled in northeast ohio and at a, yeah, sh- at a, at a yeah. show but you've been to one and you tried out yeah i did the newtown initiative back in what was it february yes. yeah it was, yeah back in february and man let me tell you the amount of talent that was there was mind-blowing i mean not only just in my car that came up because i came up with mr brickster ac mac lee johnson um alan angels and then we left with ben carter and brought him back to tennessee because he's a he's a tennessee boy even though he's uh, from the british isle of jersey but yeah man like our car was stacked and we get there and you have jakara guys you have northeast guys and it was just man like 
literally some of the best names in wrestler in wrestling right now and people that are trying to become the best names in wrestling were all there and it just go to show you that it really was like the place to be it shows how important aiw is i think it says a lot for like wrestlers like you that traveled so far with absolutely no guarantee like chattanooga is a pretty far drive oh dude yeah i think our drive was uh maybe like eight eight hours which isn't the longest drive i've made but whenever you're sitting in a car for a while it gets uncomfortable but whenever you have a good group of guys with you it's worth it yeah i've made the i mean i mean i made the trip down to nashville i've never driven in a personal vehicle to chattanooga if i've done that it's been in a, in a semi but i know i know that drive i know it's not it's not close at all and without no um guarantee that you're even going to be on the show and um I look at it as maybe you won't get on this show. Maybe you get on something where down the line, or maybe you try again next year and like next year's your year, whatever it is. Um, you're not someone who, who is, I don't know. I, I don't want to shit on anybody, but you're not like just this random nobody. You're someone who is climbing the ranks. And, uh, it was great to like see, see you in Northeast Ohio, see you in Akron. Yeah, man. And I appreciate that because, what you're trying to say, I get 100%. Like, so in most cases, a professional wrestler goes to a tryout or a seminar, and whenever they're not picked, they get really pissy and they're upset. They leave before the show ends, and I don't get that. Like, I've never understood that. I understand that no matter what opportunity I take, there's no guarantee I come back. You know, so what do you do? You make the best of the moment, and if worse comes to worse and you don't get to perform, guess what? You stay for the show. You help out. You do what you can do. Afterwards, you go hang out with the boys. Yeah. And that's how you make those connections. That's what so many people don't get. Like, um, I did a tryout with Evolve Wrestling back in January of 2019. I, I traveled all the way to Brooklyn, New York. And the amount of people that were so pissed off because they didn't get picked that they literally – I and I quote, I quote this. They were like – well, since I didn't get picked, that's bullshit. I'm leaving. I just stood there in shock and awe because I'm sitting there thinking to myself, man, I'm about to get to watch an Evolve Wrestling show for free. And yeah. I was – I think I was like helping like scan tickets and I was ushering people to their seats. And dude, I was happy as hell. And was I a little discouraged? Yeah, but like I wasn't mad at the fact I wasn't picked. I was upset knowing that I could have done better. But that was a valuable lesson to me because – if I wouldn't have had that experience, it wouldn't have prepared me maybe for like um, other tryouts and talent initiatives that I've taken. Um, my my good friend Colby Carino, he was there as well. And he, he's obviously on the Evolve Wrestling roster, but he was there coaching me and helping me out and like talking to me. And he was telling me, he was like, look, he's like, don't be down about this because you have to think you've been wrestling for how long? And I told him you know, five years, it was five years then. Now I've been in it for six and a half years. And he was like, you're only 20 years old. Now I'm 21. He's like, just imagine what you'll be at and what you'll be like at the age of 25, whenever you hit your 10 year mark. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that just kind of stuck with me because now I never really discourage myself if I don't get picked or something because like you said, down the line opportunities will fall into place and I'm not going to sit there and wait for an opportunity to fall in my lap. I'm going to 100% tackle it and go after it if I can. Like just cause I didn't get picked at the new town initiative. I supported the ones that did 
And you best believe I'm going to make drives up there to help set up, tear down, do whatever is needed of me because I want to show that I I want to show not only just for AIW, but for independent wrestling as a whole that I'm here to stay and I'm here to help in any way I can. I just want to help build the business. The, w- the way that I've always looked at it uh, in my life, not necessarily like the same terms, but it's like when it's I mean, it's from Batman Begins. But, you know, why do we fall down to pick ourselves back up? Exactly. I, I always try to take opportunities like uh, like that of just learning. I mean, granted, is it the easiest thing? No, because there's a lot of like gut reactions that you want to have. But at the end of the day, if you could learn from that mistake or you can learn from that uh, for you, like uh, not being able to make it, it's like, okay, that means I can I can get better. Just where do where do I get better? And that's what you strive for is to get better. And um, maybe like now is not your time, but like obviously later can be. And I, I mean, there's a lot of examples you could use just in history where, you know, trying with the first time, you know, people failed, but you keep trying at it that eventually, you know, if, if you're, you're actually putting effort into it, you could make a difference and make it to whatever that goal is. I mean, that's all a, the premise of setting goals. 100%. And honestly, I don't even look at it as a failure because if you were to weigh out your pros and cons, yeah, sure, a con was I, I wasn't picked, but at the same time, there were so many other talented people that didn't get on the show. And it goes into the line of who was needed for what spot. You know what I mean? And then you also have to think about it on the pro side of I learned this, I learned this. I got to learn under Magnum. I got to learn under yeah. – uh, I got to learn some new techniques from Dom. I got to learn how crazy of a motherfucker uh, Matt Justice is. <laughs> and he's a crazy motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Uh, so like – at the end of the day, like I always look at it like that. Like if I'm able to learn and add more to my repertoire and become a better, well-rounded performer, I think that is a win. And you were in a, a really good car too. Uh, what you had, Alan Angels, AC Mack, and Brickster all on the show. Yeah, and Lee Johnson. Okay, and Lee Johnsons. Um, God, I, I was just talking with with Dom about that about how when AC Mack came out, I flipped my shit. Just because I didn't expect it. And he's a dude that I think over the last year has been on the rise and has done everything in his power to pull that spotlight towards him. And it's, it's, yes. it, he, he deserves every moment of it. But whenever like that happened in AIW and then when he, he got in the ring and the, the microphone wasn't working, he knew exactly what to do. He gave it a couple second try wasn't working hand the microphone back and just kept talking because he he knows how to project his voice and he, he just absolutely killed it exactly man and i'll tell you it, just like everyone else ac's an asshole <laughs> but he's an asshole that knows what he's doing he's somebody that has worked his ass off to get to where he is and get to where he's gonna go um he's talented man like i i've had many chances to get to wrestle with him since he started and I've started and I have loved it every time. Have I loved the outcome? Probably not because he's beat me a few times, but that's that's wrestling. You know what I mean? Like you said, you get back up, you dust yourself off and you and you wait for the next battle. I think it's crazy. I didn't really realize you were that young with that many years already. The thing that I love seeing in independent wrestling, uh, you know, wrestlers like you and, and Billy Starks, like who got to start real young and are evolving way before a lot of wrestlers even sign up. So you've, you're going to have so many opportunities to evolve and be, become even better. Like, like you said, like the, the 25 uh, age is what I even thought too of like, granted, A, that's 
uh, 10 years in, but like 25 for most people is at the beginning of their career or maybe at the five year mark. Exactly. Exactly. And man, I'm, I'm blessed for that because, you know, I started training at the age of 14 and I got all my dumb shit out of the way then. And don't get me wrong. I, I still sometimes, you know, do some dumb shit and I learn from it. But, you know, we're never going to stop learning. We're never going to stop growing. And in professional wrestling, you're not going to have your shit figured out by the time you're 25, let alone 30. Most people that have been in this for like 20 years still don't have it all figured out because we're always learning. We're always evolving. We're always growing. And as long as we keep doing that, as long as I keep doing that, I'll be happy, man. I mean, even if you look at like some of the bigger names in wrestling, evolving has been part of the game. Look at, you know, Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy, people who, you know, they didn't just stick with one thing for a very long time. They're exactly. Constantly changing. And uh, you get to do it at a, at a young age. I think that's really awesome. Like, I knew you were young, but I, I don't think I ever heard, like, how long you were wrestling. So now I'm like, oh, shit, like, that's even better. And I love seeing shit like that. Yeah, man. August 3rd of 2013. Wow. That's almost as long as I've been watching independent wrestling. I started in uh, September-ish of 2011. Really? Yeah. So what got you into the, like, the game of watching independent wrestling? Uh, of just For me, it was evolving my taste. Um, okay. I, it was, uh, for me, it started with getting more into podcasts because I had, like, had a couple that I liked, and then there was this one that I was a part of for many years, and it, uh, it had like people from all around the world on it, like sending in little clips. And one of the people that were on there is a friend of mine now in England, and he was really big in independent wrestling in 2011, which is weird because at that show, at that time, that show was more just WWE and TNA. Like that's all that anybody knew. But here he was in 2011 talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Which now, like well, now, a lot of people talk about it. So, like listening to him, he always talked a lot about the independence. And then, oddly enough, like I know I heard him talk about Johnny Gargano a lot. Turns out Johnny Gargano wrestled in Cleveland. And then at the yeah, he's an Ohio boy. Oh yeah. At the same time, um, everything happened with Punk. There was the whole thing where he won the title, was gone for a couple of weeks, and then he publicly endorsed uh, Gregory Iron. And then at a show right around that time, too, Kevin Nash uh, did a did a show in Cleveland, and uh, they were starting to show that on TV. Uh, and literally, that was right around the time he came back. There was like so many things that like came at once. And then also, I started listening to Cole Cabana's podcast, and I would go back and listen. This was like at the end of his first year, and I would listen to back episodes, and he'd be like, "All right, Friday, I'm going to be at AIW AIWrestling.com. and I'm like, "Oh, well, anything in Cleveland, Ohio." I'm like, who? Oh, shit. Let me let me check this out. And everything just was this perfect storm of like, oh, okay. Oh, I've heard of Johnny Gargano. Oh, Gregory Iron. That's the thing that happened with with uh, CM Punk. Oh, okay, cool. And then I just started going to shows. And we actually, at one point, had a company that was on local television. It, it was basically AIW, but uh, made for television. And it was like, I'd always compare it. AIW is like ECW. This company was called PWO, Pro Wrestling Ohio, later became Prime Wrestling, uh, was more of a WWE-style product. Yeah, I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah. So, but it was, like, kind of getting to see, like, that's when I first seen Jimmy Jacobs. I seen, uh, who else had, like, a really good showing there? I mean, obviously, when when Johnny Gargano's in your backyard, like, it's hard to 
not watch that. Literally, my first independent wrestling match I watched was Johnny Gargano versus Matt Cross versus M-Dog Matt Cross. I mean, versus Josh Prohibition. Good God. I thought for a second Matt Cross wrestled himself in Johnny Gargano. <laughs> I was like, man, that's fucking impressive. <laughs> Hell yeah. But no, it was, uh, yeah, Cross, Pro, J-Pro, and Gargano. And to, to this day, that's still one of my favorite independent wrestling matches. And the I only saw like a clip of it because that's what they showed on the on TV. They didn't show the full match. I'll go back every year or two and like rewatch it because it's it's so good. And that's like Johnny hadn't progressed to where he's at now. M Dog was just coming off of Tough Enough, like a, a handful of months prior. And J Pro, I mean, he's always been J Pro, been uh, all this kind of shit. So. Yeah, that was my introduction. That's awesome. That's really awesome. The fact that you got to watch Johnny Gargano perform as much as you did is really amazing. Like I, he had came down to the South a few times. I, I know he was working with Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment quite a bit, but at the time I wasn't with the company then because I was seventeen and still in high school, <laughs> so I wasn't able to go. Like I, I wasn't able to go meet him like I wanted to. But he was one of the guys I definitely wanted to watch, and. uh I think, honestly, one of the first things I showed my wife about professional wrestling was the documentary that uh, Kenny Johnson did on him and Candace. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the the two-parter. Yes. Oh, it's such that's such a good uh, documentary. I love anything Kenny Johnson did. Like uh, Me too, man. I met him up in D.C. for primetime wrestling, and it was uh, the night I wrestled Tim Donst. And dude, he was such a nice dude. And I was like, kind of, I was kind of starstruck, dude, because I had seen all these documentaries that he's put out. And one of my favorites has always been Sammy Callahan's They Came for Stiff, because I'm a huge Sammy Callahan fan. And like, I was just like, wow, you, you make this art because to me, it's art, you know? Yeah. I think the, the dance one's another good one because like, uh, talking about his cancer and everything. And like when he, when he came back. Uh, and on top of that, too, because I was right around the same time, he did a really good one on Ethan Page. Yes. And that's when I felt like nobody knew who Ethan Page was. So, like, I, you know, showed that to a bunch of friends of mine. And I was like, you know, pay attention. Like, this is going to be a dude. Like, he has charisma. He has so much good about him. Like, you're going to want to watch him. You know, now he's on Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Homeboy is TNA superstar now. Hell yeah. It's it's crazy to see all that shit. But uh, how, did, how did you get... Uh, into independent wrestling. Oh man. So, uh, I actually have a best friend named Bailey Blake and pretty much after school, cause we had met in middle school. He was in seventh. I was in seventh. He was in sixth grade. We had became friends over TNA wrestling, but whenever he started coming over to my house and we figured out the internet, he started showing me like Sammy Callahan, John Moxley promos from CZW. Um, he showed me Chikara clips, the, so pretty much the first video I saw of independent wrestling was Chuck Taylor is a very serious wrestler. <laughs> that was my first introduction to independent wrestling. And I was hooked, man. I was like, this is it. This is all I want to do. Um, so really from there, then I just grew into a fan of like ring of honor because I, I ended up like finding ring of honor where, uh, you know, Hero was killing it there, and I'm a huge Hero fan. And honestly, I'd say that he's probably one of my favorite, like one of my first favorite independent wrestlers that I discovered. And yeah, so um, Old Ring of Honor, I think, is really what got me into independent wrestling. So roughly, what year was that? That was I had to estimate it. I'd say probably like 2010. 
Okay. So right before I was getting an independent wrestling, like with you. So, okay. That may, that kind of makes sense. Which th- that time in, in Ring of Honor was, was crazy. Like I know when I started getting this stuff, I would somewhat pay attention to Ring of Honor because the only thing that sucks is we live in a market, or I do, that uh, doesn't have or didn't have Ring of Honor readily accessible on local television. It was, wasn't until recently that it popped up on one of our networks because for the longest time we did not live in a Sinclair Broadcasting Network area and yeah. um, it just made it harder to watch. And granted, now with the internet, like even before it popped up, like I was able to watch it on Fight and everything, but I remember trying to watch stuff way back then and uh, it, it was it's a very talented roster and like I never got a chance to really sink my teeth into Steen until he came to AIW. Dude, I'm, honestly, that Steen and Generico feud was like the first wrestling feud that made me like fall in love with the storytelling aspect of professional wrestling. Um, and then obviously, of course, whenever like he started to form scum, like I that to me, I was hooked. I was I was hooked. Here's my chance to feel old. What was your actual introduction to wrestling as a whole? Oh, so I have a weird one. I was introduced to wrestling through a video game. My grandfather and I had went to like McKay's bookstore around Chattanooga and we just, he got me a handful of games and one of the games happened to be the legends of wrestling video game for the Nintendo GameCube. And I remembered playing as Ricky Morton and just beating Hulk Hogan's ass. <laughs> I was whooping that old ass dude, fucking raisin man. I was beating it. And from there, I was like, this is kind of cool. And I started like playing it. I started finding the different match types. I started creating wrestlers. And I was like, this is very cool. So then my grandfather takes me to the flea market. And there's a pro wrestling booth. And I meet a guy named Lewis. And Lewis starts showing me all these DVDs because I was a child. So he shows me, you know, Rey Mysterio. So I watched the first match I remember watching was Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc 97. Okay. And that match made me go, I love this. I'm, I love this. I, I want to do this. Like, sign me up. And I was obviously super young, but I was like, man, like, Rey Mysterio was that guy for me mm-hmm. because he was a, he was a real-life superhero, 100% real-life superhero. And from then on, I, I think I got, like, a few, like, documentaries on Rey Mysterio. I got like uh, little put together DVDs that the guy would make at the flea market, like DVDs about Rey Mysterio. Like I just watched anything and everything I could on Rey Mysterio. And then I started like branching out and watching more WWE stuff. And then I was just, I was hooked. Like I wanted to know everything about wrestling and WWE. I love the comparison of wrestling to superheroes. I, I first heard it with, a wrestler saying that about uh, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, and like to them, like that was you know their their Batman and Superman. Like you got to he got to actually like watch them on TV, and you could actually meet them instead of like you know they just be in the movies or a cartoon or like these like fictional characters. And I related it to not because I like I liked Hogan, I liked Warrior, I liked Macho Man and all that kind of stuff. But I like wrestling didn't click as much for me. Until right after their era in 93. So, like, I connected to, like, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Like, those 
are my superheroes. Those uh, memories that that I have, where just watching them and mimicking them and being able to get uh, older, become an adult, and actually meet them, because you you can't do that with with Batman and Superman and Spider Man and all that kind of stuff. But with with wrestling, you can. And I think Rey Mysterio. I mean, that makes total sense. That is. I think he is an underrated influencer of wrestling fans from a certain era because people will always maybe look at, you know, your, your John Cena's or your Stone Cold's and your Rock's, but there was a lot of kids that looked at Rey Mysterio and they were like, I see me in him or I like what he does. I want to, I want to watch this more. I want to do that. Yeah. And with Rey Mysterio too, um, him and Chris Jericho, in the undertaker they all fall into this category of performers that inspired not just one not just two but almost now three decades and like three generations essentially of like kids growing up to want to become a professional wrestler and like you know get them hooked like and that's crazy thing about it. i was telling my friend that the other day i was like think about it like longevity dude the longevity and the fact that, like you said, they keep evolving and they're still going at it today. It's mind blowing. And that to me, like goes to show you like they're, they're a real life superhero, you know, like Rey Mysterio is in the best shape of his life. Chris Jericho, best shape of his life. Uh, Undertaker, you know, he got in the best shape of his life again whenever he was going to that little rough patch. Now he's back at it. You know, it's awesome. Like it's that Boneyard match really showed it to me too with Taker because it was just another evolution of him because one thing that I think is nice about professional wrestling that I think is so cool about it is professional wrestling is like, it's like whenever you watch a sitcom television show or a cartoon show. So you can reboot it. You can revamp it all you want, but and the characters can change in professional wrestling. That's not the case. You actually watch the characters grow in real time over the years mm -hmm. and you can follow a character from the beginning all the way to the very end you know from from trial and error to um tragedy to triumph and that's one thing that's been so cool with watching undertaker is you see him go through all these stages of his career but you see him grow older and you see him grow to be more of a human and to me that was a really 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 cool transition because who would have thought that the undertaker is all, is himself a man too like he isn't just the demon of death valley he's not just you know a, the dead man he is all in all in all at the end of the day he's a man and whenever we got to that boneyard match and you took in those realistic uh and you put in those right realistic uh, matters like showing the undertaker is a human being i think that's what made him more of a lovable character well like we technically seen that early on when he was the American badass. Cause like, to me, that was like a really weird transition. We went to from this mortician, uh, undertaker to, well, now he's the, well, we have, there was the Phantom of the Opera era, but then there was the cult era. Then like it weird, like going from like that to, okay, well now he's on a motorcycle and that was like the most human we had seen. And, that for some reason caused this nostalgia like let's go back to the dead man and now i'm like looking back at it, like we've had the dead man for a very long like the second round a very long time and yes. to go back to 
a little bit of that American badass was a breath of fresh air because it had been so long. Exactly. And that's one thing I loved about it was it breathed new life into Undertaker. And I think that was what was needed for him because he obviously can't do the schedule he used to be able to do. And he even admits it. But with stuff like the Boneyard match and the cinematic matches that he's doing, not, I'm not saying that it's something that needs to be done all the time. But like for him, like it fits. And if that's how Undertaker matches are going to be from here on out, by all means, because then think about how old he can be and still do this stuff. And like it then makes you wonder how much longer can Undertaker go? And that's the fun part about professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many careers that have just lasted like forever. Um, God, look at Flair. Like I've, I've heard people say, and I think it's true. Like even when I was a kid, I felt like Flair was old, but he, yeah. he wasn't that old. He just, for some reason, looked way older than he was. But I mean, to wrestle as long as he did and like a lot of people hold, you know, th- that final WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels high on their list because of uh, the story they told. And, but it wasn't like, ah, oh, it was just old Ric Flair out there. No, there was, it was memorable. Even like me, I'm not a huge Ric Flair fan, but I'll never forget that that final moment of the match. I'm sorry, I love you, super kick. Uh, and the, like the look also on Ric Flair's face, because it wasn't just Shawn Michaels. It was just knowing what was coming and saying like, bring it. Uh, and sometimes I, I know like people don't like when they hear this, that professional wrestling, a lot of times it's about the moments. It necessarily isn't about the wins and losses. And no matter what, like I will vividly remember that moment yeah like that match is one of my top 10 favorite matches of all time and i can still constantly go back to it and watch it and just study it because to me the moment that really stuck out was early on in the match whenever sean had a chance to hit the sweet chin music he goes for it and flair starts uh getting up and he couldn't do it so uh because sean just internally he's like "I, i can't do this i can't do this and then flair catches him and puts him in the figure four and the way the crowd erupted from it and just the chills I got because like Flair showed he's like, I'm not going out with a like without a fight. And that I just love because Flair was a such a good storyteller and Sean is such a good storyteller. And together they just man, they like you said, they made a moment. The whole match was a moment. As like that kind of storytelling helped you in like for example, Southern Underground Pro, which was my, you know, introduction to you. And I, I've told you before, like, uh, the story arc with Teddy King to now has has been so much fun to watch. And you've been a pivotal part of that. Yeah, man, 100%. And it's crazy, like, going to the last Southern Underground Pro show that happened, like, from where I first started with the company, where I was literally in a, I think it was like, it was like a four-way tag match to like where I was literally curtain jerking the show to main eventing like in a one of the hottest angles in the company like to me it was humbling and I, I broke down and cried afterwards because you know I had worked so hard for that and the guy I got to work with too obviously like he had worked so hard and he continues to work hard uh, Manders is one of the hardest working dudes in the fucking states if not the world in my opinion and he deserves all the success too even though he's a big old cuck boy um (laughs) but yeah a lot of those storytelling aspects i took away from matches like that and wanted to wanted to apply 
because I don't, this may sound weird. It may not. A lot of people don't consider me as like a spot guy. They like to, they like to look at me more as a storyteller, which is what I want to be in professional wrestling at the end of the day. Like I, I've never been the type of person that wants to come somewhere and have a one-off, which I don't care to, obviously. Like I, I just love professional wrestling, but if I'm able to come in and I'm able to have a long story, I'm able to have a feud with someone to where we can build and we can like build tension and emotion and, uh, you know, put as many asses and seats as we can. Like I'm all for it because at the end of the day, like that's what I love. I love being able to provoke emotion out of people. And like, it was crazy to watch you like first with Teddy King, which like there, there was the pairing that like, it seemed to be the story told with it. It was just like these two jocks and, that later like evolved to where you were able to get sympathy and like to the point of like at one point people hated you to the next like man we kind of like this Jaden guy like we, we we were wanting that one win like come on like Jaden like you you can do it and then I'll always say I think Teddy King shouldn't have retired um, he was phenomenal uh, especially now with MJF signed I think the independent scene. You know, if everything was still going, um, I think he'd be killing it. Uh, oh, one hundred percent! Like bless, one hundred percent. Bless him with what he's doing. I know he just had a kid and everything, and hopefully he comes back. He's teased it, which annoys me because I don't want it to be a just a tease that leads to nothing. But um, then you had like Manders come in, and as much as I didn't want to see it, it happened, and it was actually a decent transition to like, all right, now it's not. Um, what we're looking at with like we're rooting on Jaden because of Teddy King. Like now it's like, well, Teddy's gone, but we have Manders in here, and he's like really filling that role. But we still like want Jaden to become something. Yeah, and do it was so wild because at first they they kind of hated Manders, and then over time they they grew to hate me and a lot of that i think was credited for how good of a weekend manders had at uh scenic city invitational last year yeah you know where he did the futures tournament and then he was in the scramble like and then our match at sup like it all just kind of fell into the line and it was good for him and then everyone kind of looks at me and they're like oh Jaden's just like the only reason Jaden's racking up wins is because like he's he's getting cocky on it and like he's gonna end up he's gonna end up burning himself he's gonna end up burning himself and then what happens I now it turns into I won't give Manders the match after I wanted the match mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's where people were like oh you little bitch but I'm like <laughs> how am I in the wrong because he did this to me that's where mm-hmm. the story gets interesting yeah that's where it gets fun. And the little twist that I liked to the story, too, was you had a a match previously in that one night. You lost, but you come back out, get yourself into a scramble, and you win it. Yes. So it was like, I don't want to say you cheated, but it's just you'd figure, okay, he has has a match. He lost. That's it for tonight. But it's like, well, let me me get into this because there there wasn't a rule. They're like, all right, you you only have one shot once per night. So I'd love that. So now- I mean, that's could be where where you come from. Of where it's like, well, like, hey, you gotta you gotta find a way. I did. So if you can't do it, sorry. Exactly, and the fact that the crowd turned on me because I think the fact 
that they started booing me for it was because they were like, oh, come on. You, like, you worked your ass off for it and you did whatever you could. He did, you know, he lost, but he's saying he wants another. Now you're, now you can't fight him. You don't think you can do it again. And I think that's where, like, it turned people the wrong way, which is awesome because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I've always been told I am, I am a dick. <laughs> Everyone says I am a lovable <laughs> dick. So I think it's more or less a thing of they love to boo me. I mean, that's the thing about the, the Southern Underground Pro crowd um, of just like how many people have been like booed one show and then cheered the next. I mean, and it's like uh, Brett was a guy like that for a while. O'Shea yep. was like that for a while. And I mean, I've, I mean, I love both of those, but I think there's I mean, there's so many. I think the only person who's got heavily booed that might not ever get a cheer, at least not anytime soon, is we talked about him earlier, AC Mack. Yep, one hundred percent. If he got cheered, if he got cheered in a Southern Underground Pro uh, establishment, I would be shocked. One hundred percent shocked. Like if we go back to one of my favorite moments in Southern Underground Pro history, I don't remember the show, but it's the one that ended with O'Shea, Brett, and Kurt Stallion in the middle of the ring. Um, Brett's like flicking off the crowd and all this kind of stuff. That's like right after a, a match with the Carnies or something. Like, yeah. I, but like to me, like, I mean, they were hated. And now, you know, at, at the next uh, Southern Underground Pro show, whenever that is, you know, Brett's going to be cheered. If O'Shea's at the show, he's going to be cheered. And it's that's one thing I love about Southern Underground Pro. I think it mirrors a little bit of AIW. And that's really why I love them. Yeah, man. Like. That's what I really like. A lot of AIW talent and a lot of Ohio talent comes down and it's it's super cool because it's not just Tennessee guys being showcased. It's literally guys from all around the um, Northeast that's being showcased and put on display. And I love it, man. Uh, Lee Moriarty, Matt Justice. Those were two people that debuted at SUP that I was just like, oh, my God, like, like, wait till you guys see this, like talking like like friends from the Sobros network like wait till you like see these dudes especially justice because that was right after um his big moment with Josh Bishop and yes which on the, on the flip side too that's that's the dude I'm waiting to make his return to Southern Underground Pro is Josh Bishop because it wasn't the same Josh Bishop we have now so Josh Bishop would be returning but he in a sense he'd almost be making a debut and I think uh I think it would be great. Yeah, man. I God, both those guys you just named are amazing. I want to wrestle Lee, Mor- Lee Moriarty so bad. Like I, I've made it known how bad I want to wrestle him because that dude is legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the United States. He is so <laughs> fucking good. And I don't think he realizes how good he is. Like he's so humble that he just, he refuses to acknowledge how good he is. But gosh, like, I know that if me and him got to work with each other, it would just be a lot of fun. I think that would be a damn good match no matter where it is, whether it's it's AIW, Southern Underground Pro, maybe Bizarro Lucha, uh, maybe Unsanctioned Pro uh, in Columbus, where whoever's going to put that on. That would, that would be a really, really good match. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, anywhere, everywhere, I would do it, and I would do it in a heartbeat because... 
I just want to wrestle everyone. I want to wrestle everyone that's great, man. I That's the only way I'm going to get better is if I wrestle people that are better than me. What places do you do you want to wrestle at? Like, I, I know with everything going on right now, it's kind of hard. But, like, I know you've you've been in the South a lot. And I know you've done St. Louis Anarchy. So... I would like to uh, I would like to make a return to Chikara in Philadelphia. I think it would be a lot of fun to be on that roster and work with everyone there. Obviously, AIW. I really want to make my way up to um, New York and work with uh, WrestlePro. I think that would be fun. Um, GCW is my big one. Honestly, I, I want to work with Game Changer Wrestling. They're easily one of the, or at least were when everything was going on, uh, like top promotions in the country. And then I've, I've, to me, it was like they almost came out of nowhere and like started touring and just been killing it with the shows and the storylines and all that kind of stuff. Like, er, like if there's a company that's been talked about a lot in the past two years, it's been GCW. GCW's killing it, man. In my opinion, they're the kings of this shit right now because they just, they, they get it and what they're giving you is like so different than what's out there and what they're doing is they're using some of the best talent from the independence they're using guys from aiw like like your matt justice and um you're you know different people from all over whether it's tennessee wherever if you're good you're on their radar and they give you, you know, they give you death matches. They give you comedy wrestling. They, in my opinion, are the perfect wrestling company because they give you such a variety. And that's what a professional wrestling show needs to be is essentially a variety show. Because if you just give them one thing, then it'll die down and it maybe won't get as much traction. But if you give them a multitude of things, that's how you're going to need to you know, keep interest. And that's what's made them so interesting. Like even with them adding Wombat. Then bringing back Wombat, the Invisible Man. Oh Lord, like Wombat's such a fun show whenever they do Wombat, and I think that added to their repertoire. It gave the Southern wrestling fans now a market that they can cater to. Which I think the one thing about AIW is it's very similar to that. It, it's it's a variety show, especially when, yes. when when Biggins was alive. He was booking like so many uh, Southern names, like. When was the last time you were at a show that had Colonel Robert Robert Parker and Bunkhouse Buck on it? For, <laughs> for real. Oh, man. Uh, and Bunkhouse. That, there's like so much charm um, that like we would get at a time. Like I've, it's it's somewhat gone away with with Biggins passing, but there's there's still a hint of it. There's enough of it there to where uh, with with AIW, there's a lot of there is a lot of variety. And I think that's where like we kind of stack up and we are we are similar to gcw of 100 like, like yeah you can watch you can watch some good comedy wrestling you could watch some deathmatch shit you can actually see some storylines instead of just like all right we're gonna throw together these random matches and all this kind of stuff but we can also bring in big names from the past big names that are on their way up and like there's all these layers of aiw that is rare like i do think other companies do it but I mean, how many shows are you going to go to where one show, the big guest is Kevin Nash and the next show, the second biggest guest is Too Cold Scorpio only because the first biggest guest is ICP. Exactly, dude. <laughs> that like 
they're killing it. AIW is also killing this game, and I I loved it, man. Like before, I went up there for the New Talent Initiative. Like I literally watched as much AIW as I could because one, I love the product. Like, and two, I wanted to familiarize myself with the product. Um, and dude, they have just been killing it for so long. And once again, it goes back into that word longevity. They've just been doing this for a long time and they get it. Mm-hmm. It's the, the fun thing we are with, with independent wrestling of, uh, like to the, like the fact of you can easily watch AIW right now, just much as I can easily watch and follow along with Southern underground pro. It's, so, yeah. it's something that I've preached for like a couple of years, like how great IWTV was because, you know, if I wanted to watch Southern Underground Pro six, seven years ago, I'd have to, like, wait for the show to get produced. I'd have to buy the DVD. It'd have to get sent to me. And then, you know, I'm going to know everything that's on the show. Like, granted, even when I do get to watch some of the shows sometimes, I know what happened. But it's been within a week. And I could sit down and watch it. But then there's also been the live streams where I don't think I've sat down and watched a whole show on the live stream. I've been able to watch, like at least a half if not a little bit longer but then like something would come up and i'd have to like turn it off but it's still like it's that's where we are now and that that that's so awesome for sure man that's so awesome like thanks to like streaming services like independent wrestling television like it makes enjoying professional wrestling all across the board so much better all right let's uh let's start to wrap this show up and let's get into the fave five questions all right let's knock it out Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the Fave Five Questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, question number one for you. Let's go with, it's a pretty popular one, uh, wings, bone in or out? Uh, dude, I'm a boneless boy. I am a boneless boy through and through. Um, and whenever it comes to wings, too, I prefer my buffalo. I like it hot. Um, I, I love it hot, man. What's the, what's the hottest you've gone? Jeez, so... After this, I encourage everyone to go watch the uh, 10 count on independent wrestling TV where myself and Daniel Makabe take part in essentially what is a independent wrestling tribute to Hot Ones hosted yeah. by Stephen McCash. Um, I think the hottest I've ever gone, and it wasn't enjoyable, but at first it was, mm-hmm. was easily the um, the bomb. Oh. I think, yeah, the bomb, that one, that one messed me up. <laughs> it was so bad. I gotta double check where the bomb uh, stacks up against atomic sauce here, because I like, I don't know exactly where all the locations are and what areas, but like the big wing chain around here for at least for me is Quaker Steak. And, okay, and they're actually they don't they don't put atomic on the wings anymore, but I think you can still buy it in the store. But now uh, their highest is triple atomic. Holy shit! I've heard of the atomic sauce. I've heard it. I've heard it pretty much fucks. Like mm-hmm. it, it fucks your ass pretty hard. You you have to eat six wings, which is their smallest order. Jeez. Uh, you have to sign a waiver. When it was just atomic sauce, you got a bumper sticker if you passed it. And then uh, now with triple atomic, they got rid of the bumper sticker. Now it's a t-shirt. But um, I had a friend of mine who is just insane when it comes to hot sauce and i guess he used to order kind of a bucket of the atomic i think one time i think he told me he ordered like a two buckets or something holy shit he said like he watched the waiter go into the the kitchen and then you just hear what the fuck from the kitchen (laughs) 
because like I think normally people when they they take the challenge like all right I'm gonna go for six this dude would like I said he would eat a bucket he'd eat them like there was nothing he said the first couple he might struggle through but after that like his lips are numb his tongue's numb and he's just like freaking chowing down on him he's like I'll pay for it the next day but it's all worth it I'm like man fuck that shit god bless for real that's fucking insane I think definitely doing that like uh ten count I did like opened me up to trying spicier wing sauces and pretty much becoming more of a con connoisseur I guess of wings yeah um it fuck it fucked me up though like I am definitely scarred for life after doing it question number two we where you are in the south this might be a little bit interesting Pepsi or Coke Ah uh, man, I'm a Coca-Cola boy because where I'm from in Chattanooga, we were one of the original uh, places that bottled it. So oh. we kind of have that history with our city. Um, however, I will sometimes take an RC Cola, especially if it goes with my moon pie. It's the most Southern thing you've said on this podcast. Dude, I get so much shit for being Southern. I've tried to like not sound Southern, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, because Kevin Koo makes fun of me all the time. He's like, he's like, you're so Southern. I'm like, fuck right off. Uh, you ever watch the YouTube channel? Uh, I think it's like, it's a Southern thing. No, I'm not. Oh my God. I love it so much. I have to send you a link. Um, one of the things they do, they do like this. Uh, one guy, I love him. He does like a, uh, taste, te- a taste test thing and he'll, he'll rank different things like it has to be within the same like family like he's done uh i think burgers he's done uh chicken he's done sweet tea he's done store-bought sweet <laughs> sweet tea and the store-bought sweet tea might might say a lot more for you because God, i hate it that that's the thing like he's like punishing himself like of how bad it all is at least to him like to me i could i could drink store-bought sweet tea nothing but um obviously it's a southern thing and uh, with with those episodes are called Bless Your Rank. God. Dude, it is so good. And there's there's other, like, shows that they do on there. And uh, maybe it's for me. Like, I, I'm so used to uh, Southern people. And, like, I like I have family uh, roots in Tennessee. And being on the internet as long as I have, I've made a lot of Southern friends. And especially with podcasting and independent wrestling. Like, to me, I could talk to somebody from Texas Alabama and like I don't really think of the whole southern thing but like when going back to what you said like the fact that you was like RC Cola and Moon Pie I'm like that to me I'm like right there that's, that's like the most so it's literally another Chattanooga thing man yeah. like we have a Moon Pie store downtown like I live right next to the Moon Pie factory where they like make all the Moon Pies and shit like uh you know first thing I see when I walk into Walmart you got your moon pies and your RC colas right next to each other <laughs> like holy shit bubba we're ready to go fucking a god it's been a long time since I've been through Chattanooga the only thing I could think of when I when I think of them is like just like the massive hills along the highway or well, oh, like yeah, where, where we got more fucking hills than the fucking territory days dude yeah like um see what's those two highways that combine there is that it's been a long time since I've been down there, so I think it's, what, 75 and 71? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, oh, so many memories of just driving up and down those hills of going from, like, Atlanta to um, Nashville or uh, what's that other? Knoxville. There we go. I'm like, the other yeah, Tennessee Knoxville. town out there. Uh, the the capital or no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've done that so many times. So that's what I think of. 
And there's, uh, I think what, US Express is also down there. That's a company. Yeah, yeah, company. we got that US Express. Yep, yep. Uh, know that uh, that area, I am not so well, because I don't think I've ever really stopped, like, going, going kind of like off topic. I, I know I eventually want to go down there for SEI, but... You have to, man. That's You're going to have to. That's what everybody says, but, like, I have this thing with Sobros. It's like, they're like, well, you have to come to to uh, Chattanooga for SCI. I'm like, well, you guys got to come to jail it. <laughs> like, we you both got to go to, go, go to like, the big weekends of our, our area, but, like, it's just how it is. For real. I got to go check out jail it. I'm pumped. It's, to me, when, when I hear people talk about SCI weekend, that's jail it weekend to me. Like, there was one year where a movie that was just released recently called Power Bomb, like, we, th- there was a, a scene in the movie recorded before the show, and it was, like, after night one, before the first show of night two. And um, basically, I know, like, I went to the after party, I got a little bit of sleep at a hotel, woke up, like, six, seven in the morning, and then, like, did this shoot till, like, noon. So, like... So, like, there's, like, just so much this atmosphere because you have that one show on Friday and then two shows on Saturday, which I know is also SCI. But I think wherever area you're from, like, a lot of Tennessee people, SCI, 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 um, up here, it's, yeah, jail it, jail it, jail it. And trying to get both opposite parties to go because I, like, I, I want to go down there. My one friend, uh, Charlie, he, always, like, we were trying to talk about it this year. And I'm like, man, like, I know what I have to take off for work. And, like, that's a... I've driven that. That's a long drive. And, like, I want to go. But maybe not this year. And now, like, probably not even going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. I, I cannot wait to go try that shit out. I cannot wait to go. Uh, question number three. Favorite flavor of Pop-Tart? Favorite flavor of Pop-Tart. Fuck, that's good. Um, For me, I'm a brown sugar boy. I love my brown sugar cinnamon. To me, I, uh, I literally, I just had like the mini pop tarts the other day. Yeah. I was shoot and, uh, my manager has like a box of them. So like I stole like one or two, maybe the, maybe like three. And, uh, I, uh, dude, I was hooked. I was like, holy fuck. This is the best thing I've ever had. It's just like, it's literally just a mini little pop tart. I was blown away. I'm waiting for them to come out with the s'mores version because that's my favorite flavor. Dude, s'mores is definitely really good. It's up there for me. Oh, yeah. It's really up there, but holy shit, man. I don't think Pop-Tart has like a bad flavor, honestly. I feel like they just have ones that aren't as good, and I think that's like where the the cutoff is of like, yeah, there's like ones that like I'll eat, but then there's ones that I'm like, yeah, these are okay, <laughs> especially with the, the special ones. Like I remember they did the like Jolly Rancher ones. And yeah, I'm like, I've not tried those. I'm sure those taste like dog shit. That's why I'm not even <laughs> like I've not even gave it a chance. The ones that I thought were going to be bad, but I was blown away was the pretzel. Really? Yeah. I've not had the pretzel. Uh, if you're gonna get them, because like for me, I'm a I love just cold pop tarts. Like don't don't throw them in the toaster. Don't don't need to. But nah, like dude, that, room temperature, baby. Yeah, uh, that one is really good. Uh, heated up in the one is like a is a chocolate pretzel. So the cho- the chocolate's a filling. It was really, it was probably the best one. I'm trying to remember what the other flavor was, but I'm like, you know what? This is, I thought was going to be bad, but I'm a sucker for trying things. And you know what? Blown away. Was it the best? No, but way better than I thought it was. Man, that's wild. Fucking, I would not even think that a pretzel Pop-Tart would be good. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
question number, I believe we're on four. I, th- I think so. <laughs> uh, let's go with bacon or sausage. I'm a bacon boy. Bacon boy all the way. Unless it's turkey sausage. I really enjoy turkey sausage. Uh, crispy or not crispy? So I like it in the middle. As weird as that sounds, I like a little bit of crispy, but I like a little bit of flimsy. Like I like yeah. to be able to flap it a little bit, you know? That's the thing. I don't know what to ever call that. <laughs> like everybody I knows. Know, I, I got, I'm just going to start calling it fucking flapper status. Fla- like <laughs> if this bacon ain't at flapper status, get the fuck out of here. I hop worker. Um, Cause like everybody knows crispy. But like, what do you like? Okay, not crispy. Well, technically, raw or like uncooked is not crispy. But like, I like everybody knows what it means. Like, it's, it's like what uh, flimsy or uh, what was it that you said? Flim- oh, fucking flapper status. Flapper, yeah, yeah. Hey, this- want your bacon, sir? Flapper. <laughs> this bacon flaps. Yeah, this bacon fucking flaps, man. <laughs> uh, question number five. You know what? Uh, since you know the man. You're going to get the Wilkman question, and that is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Die Hard is a Christmas movie, 100%. Wilkman's going to be really upset because he is he is on the anti-Christmas movie train, which so am I. I'm, I'm sorry, Wilkman. <laughs> I, it's, it's one of those things where, like, if it didn't take place during the Christmas season, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was, but, like... Because believe me, I was on the like it's not for the longest time until like I watched it and I was like, oh shit, this kind of is a Christmas movie. It's just a, it's a, just an action wrestling, action wrestling, Jesus, action <laughs> Christmas movie. I'm, I'm over here ready to plug all these promotions. Uh, for me, the way that I've always explained it, because a friend of mine brought this up a few years back, and I'm like, wow, that actually explains it. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, but is it a holiday movie? No. I think I've had one person try to debate me on that. They're like, no, it's a holiday movie. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm saying, like, does it take place on Christmas? Does it fall in all these parameters? Yes. But does it fall into the holiday spirit of Christmas? And that's where, like, where your home alone, your Christmas vacations and all that, that, like, fit in or jingle all the way. Yeah. But I don't think Die Hard fits that. I don't think Batman Returns fits that. But if you want to go with Christmas movie, then yes, like, those also fit. But I think when people say Christmas movie and they say that Die Hard isn't, they meaning it's not a holiday movie. So it's this weird middle ground. I feel that 100%. And I am one of the biggest marks for Christmas. So that's why I like if it comes to Christmas movies or any of that, you best believe like I will be the one that will be like, yes, it is that for I have said it. It is true. (laughs) Okay. So what is your favorite Christmas movie? The Santa Claus. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. So in my house, I have a bunch of old collectible Santa Clauses because I'm a I'm a huge like Santa Mark. Um, so like I have a bunch of like antique Coca Cola Santas. I have like some paintings. Um, I'm pretty much one day whenever I uh, have a house, I want to be able to, you know, have a Christmas room just for like all my uh, figurines and all that fun stuff. For me, and I've I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Uh, it's Chris, uh, Jingle All the Way. That's such a good one. And to the to the point that it kind of caused me to go out and buy a Turbo Man. Jeez. It was not cheap, but I now keep it under my tree every like Christmas. Like towards when it gets like the last week, I put it under the tree. Like this is the first year that I did it, but 
so I can say that my Turbo Man is nestled safely under the tree. So, so you have a shoot Turbo Man? Yes. That's Legit- fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I have to see a picture of this. You're gonna have to send it to me after this. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just had to. I think uh, hearing like people getting it, and then uh, I went to a toy show, and I knew the vendor who had it, and I had the money that I could have spent on it. And I was first, I was like, man, that's too much. That's too much. And then, like right before we left, I was just kind of like, <sighs> fine, I'll take it. <laughs> So, even on top of that, like, I also have a Talkboy, but that has, like, hardcore nostalgia for my childhood because I grew up with one. And to me, it was what led me into this because I used to just, like, talk into it and basically create a podcast, but not, like, I didn't, like, give tapes out to people. But uh, those are two, like, merchandise things that I bought. Actually, when I bought them, I sent a tweet out to Jesse, Brittany, and Wilkman. Because I know, like, they all love Christmas. They both love those movies. Or they all love those movies. And, like, uh, I think Wokeman responded, like, man, you got all the good stuff. Jeez. I love it. We're going to definitely, like, another time have to talk, like, Christmas stuff. I thought, uh, wasn't, isn't Koo a big Christmas dude? Yes. Me and Koo literally, so, like, I think Koo's favorite Christmas movie is Home Alone. Um, because me and him, like, we talked so much about Christmas um, whenever we were, like, uh, training sessions together. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's a huge Christmas guy. He has a Christmas tree tattoo. I want to say his favorite is Jingle All the Way. I don't, you may be right. I, I don't remember. It's been a while since I've had him on, like, during the first Southern Underground promos. But I want to say that was, was his favorite because that was also before I had a Turbo Man. Gotcha. Dang. The turbo. It's like, this is so bad. It's like BC before Christ. <laughs> turbo Man. BTM. Yeah, BTM before Turbo Man. But yeah, like, uh, that's why I know something like me, him, and like a bunch of other people, even like uh, Dom, like, so much love for that movie. And I think for me, like, I grew up, like, was it the best at the time? No, but like, there was just some like nostalgia that I have for it. And I think, uh, as you get older, like you realize like the, that type of sacrifice that your parents had to go through of like, if you wanted something for Christmas and, yeah. uh, and especially too, like Turbo Man's basically a Power Ranger and I love the Power Rangers. So there's, I mean, there's that aspect too. There's, there's so much that I, I love about that movie. For sure. Dude, my wife loves the Power Rangers. She has pretty much all the Power Rangers pops from a certain collection. Uh, she also has this really rare Japanese uh, Red Ranger figure in here that is, like, extremely cool. I think, like, someone got it for her at a yard sale, and then she looked it up online and found it and was like, holy shit, that's actually really rare. So, yeah, she's a she's a huge Power Rangers fan. I think the only Power Rangers thing that I have, like, at least in my office right now, like, I know I have the green pop, but, like, that's pers- right now in storage because I have limited space in here. But yeah. I-, I bought the the new dragon dagger because because to me like that like that was my favorite toy of all the power rangers and then when they came out with like the legacy edition where it's actually like bigger and it's like fits more into an adult's hand not a kid's more like life uh, like like the prop oh like i was at a store one day and i saw it i'm like i have to buy it that thing is just so awesome that is fucking awesome holy shit all right, and uh, question number six. Uh, yes, it is a five question, but an honor Booker T. There's six. So, for you, I'm thinking, who do you think has been the biggest influence on you with 
in independent wrestling. 100% carry awful. Yes. Um, he, he took the time to retrain me whenever he didn't. And I credit him 100% for the wrestler I've become and the confidence boost I've uh, received with it. He, he's believed in me like no one else has. And I obviously, I look to him for guidance all the time, him and Nick. And those, like, I talk about Carrie all the time. Like, it's weird because I, like, I always get, like, emotional about it because he, he's like my wrestling dad, man. Like, uh, he means the world to me. And, you know, uh, through him, I ended up getting, like, a little family with Crux, with Crux Wrestling. Like, guys like Luther X, Mr. Brickster, um, and so many more. And he just pretty much inspired me to be who I am and just have fun, like make memories. And that's one thing I always think about whenever like I perform is like, you know, just that like there's there's three people I want to do right by uh, my grandfather, Carrie and my wife. Like that's how high of like status he holds to me and like in my heart. Carrie Awful is, I think he's almost an unsung sung hero of Southern independent wrestling. I mean, a lot of people sing his praises, but I, I don't feel like it's it's enough. And Yes, 100% it's not enough. He's a dude that um, is so is so well-spoken because, like, I know when he did uh, Spotlight Series, like, he literally carried the interview. Like, Ryan didn't get hardly a word in, but it was he was just a dude that had so much to say. And, like, not a word was wasted. He's a fantastic storyteller. I've heard him have, like, heartfelt conversations with fans at shows when, when he would come up to AIW. Um, love the dude. I, I mean, I love the Carnies as a whole. They were pretty much, I think, my introduction to a lot of Southern independent wrestling. It was just like, oh, well, look what else they're doing. Like, not just like, they're all right. They're the gatekeepers, man. Yeah. They're the gatekeepers of Southern wrestling. And and rightfully so. Um, they're all... Uh, so entertaining being able to go to like different shows that the the carnies have been on and whether it be like even bizarro where it's quote unquote not technically the carnies but still like seeing that effort that talent there says a lot i think them as a whole deserve more light on them and carry awful too deserves a whole lot more than he gets 100 percent um god knows i'm probably gonna text him after this and (laughs) Be like, hey, I put you over. <laughs> All right, Van. Any uh, final thoughts or last-minute plugs before we go? Uh, as far as my last-minute plugs, I have recently just joined in on the venture of podcasting. Uh, I have started a podcast called How Do You Take Your Wrestling, where we try different blends of coffee and we talk about professional wrestling with multitude of my friends and fellow professional wrestlers and we actually just uploaded the first episode onto SoundCloud. So you should be able to find that underneath Jaden Newman on SoundCloud. Uh, our first episode's called The Shop is Open. Um, as far as other plugs, my social media, Twitter, at Jaden for real, Instagram, Jaden1Newman, Facebook, Jaden Newman-Official for merch, Pro Wrestling Tees backslash Jaden Newman, TWE Jesus, T Public backslash Jaden for real for all your merchandise. That's really all I have to say uh, other than thank you for having me. Like I said before this interview, this has been a huge bucket list podcast for me that I wanted to be on. Which, uh, once again, that absolutely 
blows my mind. You're the first person to ever say that, and I'm tr- I'm truly honored. Uh, one piece of advice that I will give you, uh, jumping into podcasting, however long you do it, uh, get your stuff on uh, Apple Podcast. Uh, okay. A lot of stuff, I know, like, it's, it's fairly easy to do. Um, I don't exactly know how to do it from SoundCloud, but I know it, it is possible, and, like, that will get a lot of ears on it, like, especially on Apple Podcasts, because that's one of the leaders when it comes to people listening to podcasts. Like, I don't know, I'll, I'll at least give it a try, see what, what it sounds like. Um, I, I like that idea. It reminds me of RJ City's YouTube, but it's not, I don't think you're stealing it, but it's just, it also has coffee involved. And I, I think like this is like a different spin on it. And I, and I really like it. For sure. And I appreciate that, man. All right. You can find myself at Heavyset330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email, if you so choose, is iWrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at WhatAManeuver.net. Like I said, please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, Kick Out It 2, Wrestling Nerds Radio Network featuring the IndieCast and This Makes No Sense, Center of the Universe, Sobros Network, the co-host wrestling show, Spotlight Series, IWTV Guide, and At Odds with Wrestling. And check out our other non-podcast friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Sash, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Sickening Pictures, Good Company, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if you won't give Manders a rematch. Motherfucker. <laughs> Later. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Would you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody